Hello. Welcome Hello. to What She's Watching podcast. This is Shelly. This is Andra. And we're really <laughs> glad to have you back for a fourth time. Yeah. We are so excited about this week's episode. So excited. We've got two yeah. scary, scary movies. Are scary movies that just kind of made Hollywood Hollywood. And mm-hmm. I feel like shaped the horror movie industry industry mm-hmm. like in a big way. Yeah. Decades apart. Mm-hmm. Decades apart. Yeah. So Andra, your movie this week. Yes. Is Scream. Scream. That came out in ninety six, right? That's right, nineteen ninety six. Shelly, yeah, which one are, are you discussing? Yeah. I'm doing the original Psycho. Original. Which came out in 1960. Yep. Which is 63 years ago. And we're going to get into, you know, kind of the making of it and what went into making it. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like you would have had Scream had you not had Psycho. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And we're going to get into all the references that are in Scream because mm-hmm. there's a couple of Psycho references in that. So, so I know. So just good. the most meta movie ever, I feel like. Yes. Um, we'll, we will discuss that, too. How so meta. Good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes. And blew everybody's minds. It really (laughs) did. Mm -hmm. I remember um, going to see it in the theater. And what I remember sneaking in to see it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I was trying to think how old I was in 96. And I'm really shocked that my parents let me go watch this movie, but they did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we were, again, with a group of people that we knew from church and we all wanted to see it and so i think an older person brought us and i think so too and i think for some reason the fact that it had drew barrymore in it i feel like our parents maybe thought it was safer maybe well she was she was was legitimate she was like i don't know there were she was in that and they were like well how can it how bad can it be it's drew barrymore it's drew barrymore (laughs) she was an et (laughs) yeah she was yeah yeah i agree i agree completely yeah all right so you want to get into it let's Let's start okay let's do it scream 1996 movie directed by wes craven who is by all accounts one of the masters of horror movies just a horror god yeah horror god so what scream is about just very quickly if you have not watched the original i think there is now six movie i think one recently think came so. out one came out last year yes and then one just came out correct oh another one came out same not Dude. really with it yeah trying to stay on top of it so um but this was the original so scream starts out it's um i'm gonna get more in depth about the first 12 minutes of this movie but the f- opening of this uh-huh. movie is drew barrymore it, and again, spoilers, mm-hmm. if you haven't watched it, go watch it and then come. Please come go back. watch it. Yeah. You will not regret it. No. 
So it starts out with kind of a brutal murder of mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore's character and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, just frightening, horrifying, awful. And again, we're going to talk more about the opening because it was so mind-blowing at the time. And intense. And intense and, and just it, shattered. Yeah. I mean, it just it just shattered it any was like left with your mouth open yes. i feel like yes so it starts out with the murder of that and then we meet sydney's character um and it, you find out a year ago to like this time period her mother was murdered mm-hmm. and raped um mm-hmm. kind of brutally and so now there is this killer that is dressed up in the mask and you know that famous mask that people mm-hmm. wear still to this the, day the scream mask the scream mask ghost face right ghost face mm-hmm. killer ghost um face. <clears throat> so there become just a string of murders that takes place in the town they're all in high school by all accounts it's a very pretty beautiful quaint safe. little town safe town very white very safe very white (laughs) very wealthy very wealthy to do very nice houses with very nice views um so this little group of high school kids they they seem pretty close and they're themselves are movie fans and they are horror movie fans and they talk a lot about horror movies and the tropes of being in a horror movie and so it's referenced a lot, and I will get into all the references too. Um, uh-huh. But so, you know, murder after murder takes place. Each one is just brutal. And some of the characters we do know, like one of them was Cindy's friend, played by Rose McGowan, um, so that gets brutally murdered in a garage. Like, oh, garage door, the cat door. The cat door. Um, and then... There's a reporter played by Courtney Cox, um, Gail Weathers, who I love her character. And Dewey is played by David Arquette. He's the town sheriff, or the deputy. deputy. Uh-huh. And Courtney Cox's character, Gail Weathers, had investigated Sydney. I don't think I mentioned that's Nev Campbell, the wonderful yes. Nev Campbell. So, um, investigated her mother's murder doesn't believe who got put away for cindy cindy's mother's murder was actually the guy that did it mm-hmm. um and she reported on it so they have a little bad blood between yeah, the they two got some beef there. they've got some beef because of that and, gail and i'd like to say you know gail is cutthroat gail she is cutthroat. cutthroat trying to make her career yes and she does not care who stands in her way that's right I think she's there's a line where she says, Do you think a tabloid reporter could ever become like a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist? Like mm-hmm. that's what she wants, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's gonna get the story any no matter what. necessary. Yep. Mm-hmm. No matter what. Um turns out she was right, right? Yes. But the who they put away for Cindy's mom's murder was in fact the wrong person. Yes. Um, so we have this, I mean, very, very intense ending of the movie. It's, it starts out as a party at the house, a friend's mm-hmm. house, and it just becomes kind of a murder, bloodbath. Yeah. Yes. And um, it, they, he starts, the ghost face killer starts killing off all the friends and um, 
you find out there's two of them, two of them actually that are doing uh-huh. it. And of course it's Billy and, um, Billy yeah, Loomis. Billy Loomis. There's your uh-huh. first psycho, um, psycho reference. reference there. Loomis. Cause it was Sam Loomis and psycho. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and the Matthew second Lillard's name I can't Matthew remember. Lillard. He is amazing. Stewie, Stew, Stewie, Stewie. He looks like a Stewie, and he, he has does. Like Stewie, yes. <laughs> he's just a moron. He is a moron, but, but he's pretty knew, comical. We knew guys like that. Yes, we did. Like he was probably mm-hmm. one of the most relatable characters in this because <laughs> it was like we had friends who acted mm-hmm. like him, completely, totally bonkers bonkers in class like disturbed like just wanted to be the center of attention disrupted everything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you find out at the end that it's two of them um doing the killings and they they fight back our main characters sydney and and gail courtney cox and and dewey the main characters and um the guy played um was james kennedy yeah, Jamie Kennedy. Randy. Randy. He also survived, so he fought back, and there's this just awful ending, and they survive, and cut to Gail kind of reporting on the the story because she was a part of it, mm-hmm. and then the movie ends that way. So you That's think so you, th- you think everything's done? Um, but there's five more movies, so there's five more movies not. after it. It's- yes. And I feel like this movie really harkened back to that 1980s slasher era of Halloween, Freddy Krueger, you know, Mm -hmm. excuse me, Nightmare on Elm Street, like Candyman even, like just that yeah, slice and dice, run away from, Mm -hmm. you know, everything. Just yes. So So, one thing I wanted to talk about a lot is the meta aspect of this movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. So, Wes Craven, if y'all do not know, Wes Craven did a lot of movies back back in the day. He did, like, the original Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest one that I think he knows, like, is credited for is, of course, Nightmare on Elm Street. So, he created mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. um, Swamp Thing. The guy with the knives with fingers? Yeah, that guy that, like, comes to your dreams and terrorizes you um, in your dreams. That mm-hmm. guy. So, with Johnny Depp. With Johnny Depp. Yeah, young Johnny Depp. Um, he made like a very random movie in his career was uh, Music of the Heart. Did you ever watch that movie? I it was not a I've horror movie. Ever heard of music? Well, that's probably why I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it had Meryl in it, and it was what? like this nice little mute movie Wes about Wes Craven made a Meryl yes. Street movie. He did. It's very random. This is blowing my mind, and I must watch it. Yes, it's pretty good. I mean, it's a very feel-good movie. You're like, what? Wes Craven Mm. did this movie? That's weird. Yeah. He he even did a comedy with Eddie Murphy. um, What? Vampire in Brooklyn. I think that one. Yes, I've seen that one. Yes, that one. Okay. Um, And then you know he made a movie with Christina Ricci. Cursed. He did Red Eye with Rachel McAdams, which I love. Red Eye. I think that's perfect. It's so good. Intense movie. Killian Murphy is just a perfect creep. Perfect. So creepy. Yes, he is. 
Um, he made Scream 1, 2, 3, and 4. He passed away in 2015. You know. Um, also, I want to point out the writer of, of Scream is Kevin Williamson. If there are any Dawson's Creek fans listening. That's <laughs> he... probably why Joshua Jackson had a little minor cameo for like 10 seconds. Yes. No, I'm sorry. And, oh, no, not in the That's first the one. second one. Second I'm going to stop talking now. It's okay. I'm already getting you, ahead of myself. You started the second one, right? Oh, my After God, you watched the second one. one. And my cousin was like, we have to watch them together. So... <laughs> Yes, yeah. I, I just a preview. Joshua Jackson's in the second one, <laughs> <laughs> but Dawson's Creek was a big deal. Like Dawson's at the Creek time, was huge. Dawson's Creek was huge, and I've like Dawson, the main character, was a lover of movies, so it was kind of very um, meta, meta too. Mm-hmm. And he he worked with uh, Wes Craven a lot. They wrote he wrote and Wes Craven directed like Teaching Mrs. Tingle. That was very nineties. Mm. Like Katie Holmes, remember oh, that one? That one was so good. Was it um, Meg? Oh, who am I thinking of? You know the blonde Meg Ryan? No, no. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop talking. Okay, no, you. I, I will. I will find it. Go ahead. Okay. Um, he worked on, I think he wrote, I know what you did last summer, which was another mm. huge movie that came after. Street. That was another big one that we were yeah. really into. Yes. I think he did the faculty. Remember the faculty? That's the one I'm thinking of. And I'm thinking of Meg Tilly. Ah, Meg Tilly. Yeah. Was she in teaching Mrs. Tingle? I don't know. She was in one of those, I think. Cause she just plays a really good, like blonde yeah. bat. Yeah, and she's got such a unique um, voice and way of talking. She does. I relate does. to that a little bit. I love the voice. Uh, thank you. Thank you. There you go. Okay, so I want to give you a little insight here on the, the opening, Drew Barrymore. The Drew Barrymore, first 12 minutes of this movie. So if you remember, Shelly, that... This is pre, you know, this was pre-internet and everyone thought like they put Drew Barrymore on all the posters of the movie, all the the star previews. She was the star of the -hmm. the movie. Uh People went to watch Scream because Drew Barrymore was in it. Like this was Uh a big deal. And that's how they marketed it, I feel. They marketed it that way and they did that very purposeful, like the reason Uh why they did that. Um, Drew, I've, I've listened to a lot of interviews with Drew on this. She was, uh, I love Drew. Um, she was tapped. She was cast to be the Sydney character. Like she was on board. Oh. She was the first person to like get on board with this movie and be like, this movie needs to get made. I believe in this movie. Let's get Wes Craven. Like, let's get mm-hmm. him to come do this. But then she had this thought with talking to Wes Craven, like, how cool would it be if I'm actually the one that gets killed off in the first 12 minutes, um, bill me as the star of the movie, and let's just, like, blow everybody's mind. Like so she came me up off. with the idea. She did. Of being off in the first 15 minutes. Yes. That is that so was her cool. Idea. Isn't it? Isn't it? And so I think cool. it really speaks a lot to, like, how well she knows the industry and mm-hmm. what people want. And exactly. 
Yeah. She talked about how she was pretty much a, you know, a producer. So mm-hmm. much getting this movie made was because of Drew. You know, she's not credited as a producer, no. but she got into producing after this experience. And she has her own production company, you know, and she mm-hmm. is very successful. I know, right? And she her just, wig. She's one of my all-time favorites. She's one of my all-time favorites, too. Like, how, how I have so much respect for Drew Barrymore. I do, too. Um, everything that she's gone person. through. And, well, yep, and how she person. owns everything she's done. And it's like, mm-hmm. I... You can judge me if you want, but I was a child star and I'm still here. And yep. I went through yep. the wild phase and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, she's just very respectable in that aspect, I feel like. Yes. She's so honest about everything that she's been mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's she's Drew Barrymore. She's one of a kind. She really one is. Of a kind. Um, so she just had that idea like how awesome is it to be like I, no i'm not gonna be the star of the movie i'm gonna be the star of the movie but i'm not gonna i'm gonna sit back I'm and let gonna. somebody else be the star that how many not. actresses do that in hollywood not that many not that, that many no nope so um her wig by the way too she said she told the wig people she goes i want Michelle Pfeiffer wig from I want my hair to look like Michelle Pfeiffer and Scarface. Oh my and god, and it did. does. Yeah. Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer is another legend. I'm just legend. I know. Love I know. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yes. And she she nailed it with that hair. Nailed it. So that's what she wanted. So that's why she's got that wig wig on. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we in the in those first opening moments of the movie. You know, the phone call comes in. She's at home alone. You know, she's expecting her boyfriend to come by. Her parents are out. So her boyfriend's just going to come over and watch a scary movie. And that leads to the question that the killer on the other line asks. What's your favorite scary movie? Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm. It starts that whole thing. And so she's like, "Mm." Halloween, <clears throat> or what's that one with like Freddy Krueger? Which, hello, okay, this is our first meta moment. The guy uh-huh. directing Scream uh-huh. made a Nightmare on Nightmare on Elm Street. He's directing love, this movie. I love the little nod to Freddy with the janitor, mm-hmm. like, or excuse me, the custodian. Yes, could, there and he his is. Name Fred. Yes, <laughs> and that and was, was actually Wes Craven. Yeah, I was trying to tell Clay. Oh, that's Wes Craven? It was. He dressed up See, as Freddy Krueger. I am just not on my A game today, guys. And I, I okay, apologize. It's, it's okay. Totally okay. I was watching this with Claire. She's my 14-year-old cousin. And we watched about the first half. She had, she was busy, so we're going to finish She had it. plans. Yeah. She had plans. But it yeah. blew her mind. <laughs> it blew her mind that, like, you know, we, we were that she first was killed off and mm-hmm. then like she was like why why is she cooking popcorn on the stove like all this stuff I'm like this yeah. is 1996. 1996 if you want to know what any teenager was doing it's this yes this is our lives we didn't have yeah. youtube we didn't have all mm-hmm. that stuff and no. it's so relatable and i think that's a big part of it too yes so it is extremely relatable. These teenagers were, um, 
Yeah, you're exactly right, Shelley. Like this is what we were doing on a Friday night. We were you were making popcorn the on the store. Time. Yeah, and we were, we were watching movies. Uh-huh. That's what we were doing. Um, so that conversation with the ghost face killer on the other line is just, you know, he keeps calling back. He keeps calling back, and she gets progressively freaked out. Uh-huh. Um, I think he's progressively a, aggressive. I feel like he does, you know. and she hangs up. He keeps calling and then threatening her, like if you hang uh-huh. up again, you know. Um. So, let's see. The first twelve minutes are terrifying and they're intense, and she eventually. Like, you see her boyfriend who's tied up outside. He's been, like, beaten up already. He's taped and gagged. And, like, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to, you know, kill your boyfriend, which he ends up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just terrifying. And then she eventually has this chase, and he's ghost face killers chasing her. And he pretty much guts her and hangs her, her from a tree her on the mother line. is on the line too because their parents come home yeah the parents come home and they're like where's you know where is she um and she has the phone in her hand and so her mom can hear everything it's just horrible horrible it's horrible um, but i remember in the th- i remember so vividly the first time seeing this and the th- you know the theater is packed it's a full mm-hmm. house it's sold mm-hmm. out It was very, very heavily marketed. Yes. And I remember the audience when this was happening, everybody is just like, no, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's screaming. Like, there was a collective deep breath of what? What the hell just happened? Like, Drew Barry, like, you got me here. The one we came here to see. She's (laughs) hanging from a tree. Yes. And then. That's, I mean, that was the opening, and then it's just like, bam! You get, you start, you meet Sydney's character and the her friends um, at the school, and then pretty shortly after, I feel like there's that first scene that Sydney's at her house because her dad's going out of town. You know, Uh gonna leave cash on the counter for you. Here's my number at the hotel. That's so very relatable the, too, and I feel like this is the beginning of cell phone era, but mm-hmm. not it, most of us did not have a cell phone. Most of us did not. No, we did not have cell phones, and I don't feel like that opening scene would have been as um, y- you don't have the mother picking up the phone to dial and hearing her on the on the no. line yeah. in in two thousand twenty three. We have that nineteen ninety six because. Yes. <laughs> We all had a landline, and that was so relevant to the age. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a fight between the killer pretty early on, um, yeah. right after that one too. That Sydney has to in, in the middle of the daytime in her house, at her beautiful house, her beautiful house. I texted Andrew during the middle of it, and I was like, "What do these parents do for a yeah, living?" What is her parent? What is her dad do? These huge ass houses, yes, with these views, with views and a deck, and like, like she's walking up the steps. She's just like outside, I know. I was like, going up to another deck. <laughs> yes. like, seriously, yeah. 
I filmed That's it. That's neither in, here nor there. Sorry. <laughs> Santa Rosa, California, like north oh, of San Francisco. Gorgeous. So, um, so the reason why, okay, so going back to it just being such a meta movie. Mm-hmm. Also, Drew Barrymore said that um, the horror genre at this time in 1996 was just practically dead. Like nobody mm-hmm. was doing horror movies. It mm-hmm. was in like a very awful place nobody mm-hmm. uh wanted to do spell. a horror movie what it was a dry there, there spell, was a yes. dry spell but very very much so so this new take this new script um it being such a meta movie is so i i will explain just a little bit what meta means if people yes i, I kind of that's important know. like the technical let me let me pull up the technical definition of meta um, for people. I'm going to get And meta is used in so many different ways. I mean, the Facebook mm-hmm. ticker symbol is meta, yes. which is so accurate. I, I learned about a lot about meta and metadata in library school. And I yes. was like, oh, my God, if I never hear the word meta again. But <laughs> this movie is the epitome if you want to learn what meta means it's like it's this this movie movie. so it's pretty much just being aware of what kind of genre that you are in like characters Uh are in a um, movie and they're just completely aware of the tropes or the genre Uh so in this movie the thing that made it so revolutionary was all the characters most of the characters in the movie um liked horror movies they referenced mm-hmm. horror movies. You mm-hmm. had um, the character that works in the video store. Um, and yeah. Randy. Just went like, yeah, Randy works in the video store. And he talks a lot about the rules and the conventions and the tropes we were of Randy, horror movies. By the way, we yes, still we are Randy. We still are. I would still Randy work in a video when he store. quotes on everything and it's just that weird movie nerd. That's us. That's us. It was. I mean, I'm uh, sorry. There, do you remember that scene early on in the movie where all the friends are sitting by the fountain? Randy mm-hmm. co- Randy called who the killers were from that, that first conversation. He knew who they he were knew. because he knows the rules of horror genre. And he was like, there is a formula. When he there's was screaming and going <laughs> ape in the video story, he's like, there's a formula, there's a formula. And it's very simple. Everybody's a suspect. Yeah. Everybody's a suspect. Everybody's a suspect. And he, like you said, he was, he hit the nail on the head. I mean, right <laughs> off the bat, he pretty much told us, this character told us who the killers were. Uh, mm-hmm. But as an audience, you're like, nah, that's too obvious. There's no mm-hmm. way. There's no way that that um, Billy is the killer. He's Sydney's boyfriend. Like, it's mm-hmm. too obvious, you know? Too obvious. Uh, but... What was so different, too, is, like, Sydney's character in past, you know, like, Halloween movies, like Jamie Lee Curtis's characters, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got the female-fronted characters that start off helpless, you know, they start off helpless, and then eventually become kind of empowered. Mm -hmm. The difference Mm -hmm. between those movies and Scream is, like, Sydney was already empowered from the get-go. 100 percent like she had gone through so much trauma already uh-huh. but also the meta part of this is she knows what happens in horror movies she referenced uh-huh. what was that quote that she had she's like 
when the killer calls her the first time, he's like, do you like scary movies? And she's like, mm-hmm. no, they're all the same. Some yeah. big-breasted some big breasted woman mm-hmm. that should have um, gone out. Run out the, the front door. Run out the front door instead of going up the stairs. Like, it's stupid. <laughs> like, she, like, was fully <laughs> aware of it. But then what happens right she after that? It. She did it. Claire, Claire lost her mind. <laughs> Claire lost her little mind. She was yes. like, she's doing just what she said she wasn't going to yes. do. Yes. I know. Just put your pants on because this is going to, you're going to be in for a wild ride. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so meta. So that's what she doesn't have another option. Right. She didn't have another option. Yep. The door was like the front door was just like kind of jammed or something. She couldn't get out of it. The the guy was there and he Ah, stabbed the door. That's right. So she she had to go back. But we're not gonna talk about that. Mm -mm. No. So Cindy Sydney character was already empowered from the get-go. We didn't have to, like, go through, like, five movies for her to be like, I'm going to fight back. Like, she does it immediately. Right. You know? And like, fights hard. Like, she does. Hard. Very hard. She puts up a fight, and she survives. And she's, I don't think she was in this last movie, but she's survived six of these movies. I mean, she survived quite a few. She did. She's a trauma survivor. She's like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. Yep. Who another? And I love when Randy is like, she is the screen queen. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, she genuinely is. Yes. And the other like most meta moment in this movie is when they're at the party, kind of the finale is they're at the party and they're watching Halloween together. Do you remember what the rules Randy gets up and he's like, there's rules yes. to all these movies. There there's is rules. And so the first rule of these movies is never. Okay, hold on. Never have sex, right? Never have sex. Never have sex. And which, they, the by kids the are way, like, <laughs> which, by the way, Sydney and Billy are having sex for the first time while that's at that moment. At that moment. Um. The second one is don't drink or do drugs, which every single body there is um, drinking and doing drugs Uh at this party. Uh And then the third one is don't ever tell somebody you're going to be right back because you never will be right back. Exactly. And then Stewie goes, I'll be right back. And everybody freaks out. I know. So those were the rules, and they were watching Halloween that night. Another moment that I absolutely loved was um, when he is like, he's watching Halloween, everybody's gone, and he's the only (laughs) one on the couch, and he's like, look behind you, look behind, because he's watching Halloween. And I feel like it's super meta, because he's calling her Jamie, Yes, and his name's Jamie, yeah, and he's like Jamie, look behind oh you, my Jamie, gosh. Jamie, Jamie, look behind you, and I'm like, you're Jamie, I'm like, you're yeah. Jamie, and the killer is behind him, mm-hmm. and he's telling the character in the movie to look, just look behind so you. Good. So <laughs> the good. killer is uh, behind. This them. movie is just genius. I'm sorry, it is it's just genius. It the way they did all of it. It revitalized the horror genre. Mm-hmm. We, like, if you watch Get Out, which was a recent movie by oh. Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele credited One. Scream as being his, the original Scream as being, like, the inspiration for Get Out. 
Like, I love that, that movie. And that the way they did suspense in that movie was just as good as Scream because mm-hmm. it, first of all, I love Jordan Peele. I love yeah. his stuff. And Me too. If y'all haven't seen the Resurrection of Twilight Zone, I oh, definitely yeah. would watch it because it is just as good as the first. And it, it, it's so the building of suspense in this movie, the way they do it, you're like, mm-hmm. it's so it's corny. It's that corny mm-hmm. camp. <laughs> horror classic stuff that Wes Craven is so good at but it's Mm -hmm. so good because you're sitting there and you're like what's gonna what's gonna jump out and yeah it's so good it's so good scary you generally have some scares that just make you jump again I remember Mm -hmm. watching in the theater and it was just so much fun it was so much fun you see something in theater you really get the audience involvement and Mm -hmm. that was one that when you see it in the theater and if you if you're seeing it for the first time it was you don't know what's coming and yeah. it just it does make you jump but yeah. the jump scares are so good it it they're so well placed mm-hmm. it's not too cheesy like some stuff like you're waiting for it and you mm-hmm. know it's coming but mm-hmm. it's still that good of a payoff when it does happen because yeah. it's like yes that is satisfying the moment i need in my head <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah I also remember coming home from the theater. Like, I remember this vividly, too. Walking into my front door, because I did not drive at the time. Somebody dropped me off. And I walk into my front door, and my parents are sitting in the living room, and they were like, Andrea, what is wrong? Like, I remember them saying, what's wrong? Like, it looks like it looks like you've seen a ghost. And I was like, oh, it was just like this movie like it was just scream Mm -hmm. um and i just remember that that feeling afterwards um and i'm not like i'm i do not claim to be a horror movie expert or Mm -hmm. like it's never my first genre genre. Mm -hmm. so this again just this movie blew my mind at the time and i think it really it's like horror is in a great place right now. They're like mm. it's one of the genres that's very well, successful. It's a lot still. smarter and a lot mm-hmm. more like I feel like it's just gotten a lot heavier mm-hmm. in recent years. Especially if you look at like Ari Aster films, if you look at oh, you know yeah. these these Hammer films, these real good, well made independent horror movies. Mm-hmm. It's it's gone on a much deeper level. Mm-hmm. But this one is so good with like just the classic slasher movie like trope of mm-hmm. and and I love that Wes Craven is the one that kind of redid his own. He's like, yeah, yeah these are these mm-hmm. kind of slasher movies, and we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna capitalize on that yep. and really show people. But it's also so relatable in like that in each scream movie that you watch, they really. Mm-hmm pay attention to what's going on in society at the time it's like all of these things could actually happen mm-hmm. yes they're a little bit they're really really cheesy but it's so well executed that mm-hmm. you're like okay i can see part of this like why it would happen that way mm-hmm. it's so good it's so well done so smart mm-hmm. and genre defined genre defined it was very genre defying mm-hmm. very I mean, it twisted it. It took it and it twisted it on its head um, for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
he he made a movie, and I know some experts will remember this movie, but like two years before Scream, he made a movie called A New Nightmare, which was his meta take on mm-hmm. um, Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it bombed. It didn't, mm-hmm. not a lot of people saw it. I don't think um, people were in the mood for that kind of thing because those movies no. hadn't been made since the mid 80s. And I feel yeah. like people were like, oh, we're too smart for this. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably why they made Scream mm-hmm. being like, okay, well, we're going to poke fun at it, but also yeah. scare, your, scare you. And it worked so well. It did. Yes, it did. I think that's all the tidbits I have from it or. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. There's, there's so lot. much to talk about in this movie. Did you notice um, me being a Indigo Girls fan that Sydney mm. had an Indigo Girls poster? On I her noticed wall? she had an Indigo Girls poster on her wall next to her super awesome computer. <laughs> yes, and I was like, "That's the Indigo Girls." LMG. I'm like, did they want to make her a gay character? Otherwise, possibly. I mean, maybe she. Just has excellent taste in music. And probably because the Indigo so. Girls were very big at the time. They were. They're legends. And they if legends. you're a female and you like music and you haven't heard the Indigo Girls, you really should listen to the Indigo Girls. You should go bomb. listen to them. One of the greatest songs of all time. Closer so, to fine. So good. But they have I, other, I say, they have great music. They so good. About a thousand times I have listened to myself, and I'm sorry, but it's just going to be <laughs> my okay. catchphrase, whatever. It's so good. <laughs> it I is so good. It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's see. Uh, I was going to talk about all the little references. Mm. Okay, Shelly. Okay, so, so many references, other movie references in this movie. And might I add, they are movies that we have covered on this podcast. We've covered a few, and I... It, like I said, this is 96, so yes. some movies so. have come out, some movies, yep. like, the meta of the meta of the meta. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so there's a Clueless reference where... As if Alicia... As if Alicia... Okay, as if Alicia... I mean, that's Clueless. Wasn't um, he saying that to... Wasn't Stu saying that to Randy when he was like... Trying to say mm-hmm. I would be better for Sydney. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, poor Randy. Randy's I know. so sweet. He's the geek. Yeah, I Randy love. did have a thing for Sydney. I totally forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So Billy's character, Billy quoted Psycho, which you're about to do, Psycho. He at the end mm-hmm. of it he said, uh, "We all go a little mad sometimes," and oh, he says, um, he referenced Psycho. He says Norman Norman Bates. Uh, let's see. Little mad sometimes. Ah, Hannibal Lecter was referenced. Uh, <laughs> yes. So yes. Silence of the Lambs was, was referenced? referenced a couple times. I think it was. Yes, it was. So you see that Silence of the Lambs also had a little um, nod nod in this movie. Because that was probably one of the most recent, like, mm-hmm. successful horror yeah. movies prior to this movie being made it probably was the only i mean I'm, again i don't know don't quote me on this but it was probably one of the more successful ones it was recently like in relation to when this movie came out and i feel like at this time in the 90s 
everybody who's watching movies at home today, you know, I'm not going to get too far in the weeds about this, but kids are mm-hmm. very into, you know, YouTubers and Twitch streamers mm-hmm. and it's so different. The entertainment field has changed at that mm-hmm. time. These, these movies were our, were our like entertainment. And so yeah, if you wanted to see something and if you wanted to see something a little bit, um, shall I say, let's see, scandalous, you would watch mm-hmm. a horror movie because we were very edited in our time. Uh-huh. We were sheltered uh-huh. and that was, it was a societal thing. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's why horror movies were so big at the time. It's like, well, have you seen this? Did you see what happens in this? And by 2023 standards, those aren't that controversial. Right. <laughs> but in 1996, the stuff they're referencing is like, oh my God. If yeah. you like when she okay, I love the part when Tatum is talking on the phone to Sydney and she's like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick up. I'm thinking Tom Cruise. You know, if you pause oh, yeah. you're just right, you can see his penis. <laughs> and it's yes. like that is one hundred percent the nineties. Because we didn't we didn't have the internet. Mm-mm. You know, we didn't have it, it, the exposure was completely different. And if you want to look at a snapshot of teens in the nineties, watch those movie because that's who we were. Yes. And I feel like especially the sexual pressure that is put on Sydney and by Billy, you know, Mm -hmm. it's that whole it it, the part when they're in the grocery store buying stuff for the party. And she's Mm -hmm. like, well, he's been patient with me. You know, who wants a girlfriend that's sexually anorexic? And I'm like, you talk to a teenage girl nowadays. They are so much further Mm -hmm. like empowered than we were (laughs) that age. They're like, I don't need a guy. What? You wanted it. I said no. Yeah. That's it. It. I think it speaks to a lot about the growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's so yeah. accurate that depiction. It was so accurate. I'm sorry. I totally got you off track oh, with no, your you're fine. with your references. But that's good. No, I think that was all I was going to talk about. I think Tatum had a couple of references. She did. Um, I think one that is. Correct. She was in the garage on the phone. Fu- Wait, was she on the phone? No, she was fighting back. By the way, mm-hmm. she put up a good fight. Um, she she uh, made some reference to like Wes. She referenced a director or type of movie. She said Wes. That's just like a dumb Wes Carpenter flick. John so Carpenter. Think, yeah. Who so also she combined with? Yeah. Yeah. She combined. She Wes said Wes Carpenter. Then, she did. She said Wes Carpenter, which yeah. I mean, totally would have done because John mm-hmm. Carpenter, Wes Craven, they were the scary movie mm-hmm. kings of the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, and Billy was such a. I was talking about Billy just a little bit, but Billy from the start, like rewatching this movie, um, his major red flag, Cindy. Like he, he pretty much 100%. told her to get over. Her mom's her death. mother's death because it's like his mother that left. Yeah, well, so it's the same. You know, my mother left. You, you just so need to get Sydney over it. in that moment. Coming back at him because fifteen-year-old, mm-hmm. sixteen-year-old Shelly would not have come back at that. I would have been like, no. "You're right. You're right." right. No, he was he was in the wrong there, and yeah. he is like at the time he was such a heartthrob in. I never People understood nowadays it. are watching never understood and like it. he has the greasiest that is a 90s heartthrob <laughs> look if you were Shelly at six at 13 14 years old you're like oh my gosh look at him he's 
so good looking and he's so greasy like and like, i was like wash your hair I think I probably told you at the time too. I was like, Shelly, no, he's gross. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, no. But he was that, he was the it guy. And if you look at it, it, he is so incredibly charming and creepy. And that is so crazy. That's what makes it scary because he Mm -hmm. he just turns on a dime and he uses his good looks to really reel her in. And -hmm. then his anger. The way it shows is is kind of terrifying to me because you're like, mm-hmm. he he's this sweet guy, loving guy to her when he wants to be. But then he mm-hmm. also just flips and is just vicious. Yeah. So and, well done. I mean, how many, I think that's the one of the brilliance of the genre of horror, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about female fronted or just female stories mm-hmm. is. You know, the horror genre really plays on our deepest fears. It does. And having a character like Billy be like that uh-huh. also is so relatable. Uh-huh. Is because how many of us have uh-huh. been with somebody like that? It, it, someone it plays that is on, just yep. like a sleeper psycho. You know, it's like right. he, he appears to be the guy that you would want your daughter to date. He's mm-hmm. from a successful family. He's good looking. He you know da 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 Mm -hmm. not to not to every 90s girl i know but yeah he was like the cool guy of the day and Mm -hmm. you know she's got sydney and he's dating her and it's like very they're like the it couple of high school Mm -hmm. but then you see that he is just a just a mean manipulative yeah one red flag after the other i mean really kind of manipulating her in almost every scene that Mm -hmm. we see her into having pressuring her into having mm-hmm. sex with her pressuring like her into having sex pressuring her into like even like in the in the window like when he sneaks in and he's like he's talking to her about the rating system he's like i thought we were we were doing hot and oh, heavy yeah. we we're on rated r on the way to nc-17 mm-hmm. and a lot of kids won't get this reference nowadays no. nc-17 <laughs> was like the porn Scandalous. of our day porno remember showgirls was nc showgirls was the first nc-17 <laughs> movie that came out in theaters and we were uh-huh. like see show oh my gosh did you see a lot yeah nowadays kids would be like that is a mild that's nothing it's nothing <laughs> <It's> nothing <laughs> but to us that was like holy moses and then yeah. you know she's like well would you settle for a pg-13 and she flashes in but yeah, she's still far more empowered than a lot of girls at that time, at that age. Yes, at that time, and also um, in the horror genre field, like she was actually a little more progressive in. She was. Um, well, the other past. going back to Rose McGowan, mm-hmm. I love that they cast her because she, yes, is a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. and she's yep. got the body. Mm-hmm. Of your typical, like exactly what Sydney pointed out in that yeah. first scene big when she was talking on the phone. She's like, a big breasted woman. I mean, you open, she opens the door and you can obviously see her boobs. Mm-hmm. That yes. is very intentional. It was. And the way she dresses, you know, she's very scantily clad, which mm-hmm. I am not shaming, by the way, because if mm-hmm. I looked like Rose McGowan, I would wear whatever I wanted. Number yes. one. Number mm-hmm. two. Her clothes were straight out of Adelia's catalog. I <laughs> loved her clothes. I there wanted again, to wear those clothes. 
There again, like these, but the the clothes in this movie are fashionable now. Fashionable now. And I was talking again. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting, but I'm sorry. Claire and I were watching this, and she's like, "I would wear that sweater with like some ripped jeans." I'm like that is literally. I should have saved all my clothes from. The I should have too. I was wearing what Cindy was wearing. I was too. This movie. We were wearing. That was me. We were always wearing a t-shirt, jeans, Mm -hmm. sweatshirt wrapped around our waist with the white sneakers. Like white sneakers. White sneakers are nothing new, people. Like, we've been wearing this stuff. (laughs) But that's what we wore. Like, I know. Just jeans and a t-shirt. Yep. That was it. But like the the scene where she goes in the garage and she's she's very obviously a sex symbol in this movie, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know you see like Stu grabbing at her and stuff. You can tell they're sexually active, and you know she's the the dumbass that I'm like, why are you with him? You know he's so dumb. He's so dumb. If you see Matthew Lillard in later roles, and you're like, that's the same guy that plays Stu. That's the same guy. He's very he's a very accomplished actor. And Mm -hmm. when I say Skeet Ulrich was. He is also an accomplished actor and mm-hmm. has aged pretty well. He was yeah. the dad in Riverdale. I know. I think Jarhead's a lot of dad, right? younger audiences. What? I think he's Jarhead's dad. But a lot of younger so. audiences see him now as a dad. And I'm just like, oh, my God. God, he was. He was the killer. Scream. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the maniacal killer. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Let's see. What else, shall we? I... Just we talked about the meta aspect, and we talked about how, like, you know, they she was very empowered. I I think that the um, the actors in this movie were so good at, at their roles because they mm-hmm. were they were very much in the Hollywood scene. You mm-hmm. know, you've got Courtney Cox who is in Friends at the time, and you've yeah, got she was fresh. David off, Arquette, uh, her her ex husband. They were married mm-hmm. at the time, and I think they're still. I read an article the other day; they're still best friends, which just yeah. makes my heart happy because when they broke yeah. up, it broke me. I know, but it just. I feel like the way they filmed this was almost like you see her in her first scene. She almost looks like April O'Neil from. Ninja Turtles, she in that wear yeah. that yellow mm-hmm. suit, and she's mm-hmm. she's very cutthroat, and you, you've got a really good storyline, but it's it's very it's also simple, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it's so well executed, but it also has that classic slasher flick of it leaves room for a sequel, right? And it, you don't have a, a successful horror franchise if you don't leave room for a sequel. And you know what? They reference uh, the killers in that final um, scene. You Mm. know, both of them are talking about, um, we're going to survive this because you Mm -hmm. have to have a sequel. Mm -hmm. Um, No horror movie. I'm the one that comes back in the sequel. Yeah. We are the ones that, yeah, we we come Mm. back in the sequel. So they reference that too. I mean, there you go. You can't get more like Hollywood meta than, than this movie. And I feel like the way like if you don't have that buy-in from the actors mm-hmm. you don't have that success you have to acknowledge and mm-hmm. i feel like they did acknowledge the tropes and the yep. stereotypes and also society's role mm-hmm. in creating those tropes and stereotypes and really <laughs> yes. what what pushed it forward and it was so well executed 
Yeah. There's a couple of lines that I liked too, and that they were like, Hollywood doesn't make psycho killers. It just creates, we get more creative. It's, um, Hollywood doesn't make killers, it just makes killers, killers more creative. And creative. It, it, I'm talking a lot, and I'm sorry, but it, one of my favorite podcasts is Morbid. If y'all haven't heard it, y'all should listen to it. It's true crime. They mm-hmm. love true crime, they love horror, and they did a, an episode on this movie. Mm-hmm. And she talked about that. And she's like, you know, because, you know, like any movie, people are going to take inspiration and do horrible things. But she was like, you know, this movie, when when Billy Loomis says that, it's like that is so true when you mm-hmm. have these people that that will take incidents from, from Hollywood and popular culture and really kind of bastardize it to their own plans right <laughs> and yeah. the way he does that he's like they don't make us more they just make us more creative they don't create yeah. it they just make us more creative and it's very well done very well done yes it is Agreed. i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna ask you some movies um we already talked uh, some movies i'm gonna ask movies. you some questions <laughs> we already talked about seeing this in the theater because we mm-hmm. we all did see it in the theater and it was the best experience i feel like it was so um, fun. So memorable. How did you feel when you were watching it for the first time? Um, As 14-year-old Andra. Oh, gosh. Like, I had never seen anything quite like it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just remember being stressed out but having a blast at the theater. And then when it ended, um, just like kind of in a daze like what the heck did I just watch um but then mm-hmm. becoming obsessed with it at mm-hmm. the same time so well, in the next year the second one came out it, we didn't have yeah. to wait long Mm-mm, but I feel like it, this movie really kind of opened up our eyes and it, it, this like you said this was one of the first ones that we were allowed to watch that was like mm-hmm. y'all are letting us watch this this is like, kind of why are y'all letting us scandalous watch? yeah but it, it kind of ushered in a new era of horror movies mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had i know what you did last summer if we didn't have this movie i don't feel no. like Mm-mm. and those were such big impacts on the teen hollywood genre at the time yeah and it doesn't just go into like teens it goes into your classic hollywood like slasher films and this one yeah. definitely fits that bill mm-hmm. totally i mean we kind of had an explosion of horror after this i mean remember blair blair witch project oh was God. such yes. a big deal and that was the first movie that was like you know found footage mm-hmm. tape Those will always terrify me i don't care yes. who you and are. then blair that witch kind of messed me up yeah oh my gosh yeah <laughs> That was the first found footage film. Yeah. And then we get like, like, was Paranormal Activity also after that That was later in in the 2000s, but that wouldn't have happened had you not had Blair Witch. Blair Witch wouldn't have happened had you not had Scream. Scream. Scream wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Like, we can just go and go and go. Scream wouldn't have happened without Psycho. Psycho. And we'll get into that. Trust me. But just so powerful. What... What were the most impactful or your top favorite scenes in this movie? There's a lot, but what is your, like, if you could pick your top two favorite scenes, what were they? Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so 
I love the party that's at the end, mm-hmm. um, extremely intense, where they're watching mm-hmm. Halloween, as we've, we've talked about. They're watching mm-hmm. Halloween, but things just start happening um, while they're at the party and mm-hmm. watching Halloween. I also, one of them, I mean, the opening, the opening, the first 12 minutes of this mm. movie is so memorable. It um, made, it, so I think impactful. it remade, it remade the genre. It did. It revitalized it. Reintroduced it, it. it. remade it. After about 10 years of like a dry yes. spell without these good horror movies that you would go see for fun. Yeah. This, the first 12 minutes of that movie mm-hmm. with Drew Barrymore just running and being a helpless woman. Yeah. I know. And I just, uh, any scene, I love um, Gail and Dewey, like any scene that mm. they're in, they, they kind of provided the comic relief in this movie, if you will. They have great A little lightheartedness. Yeah. They had good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Dewey was just kind of a cute little He is adorable. Nervous. Nervous, when weird. When he turns around, he's like, I'm 25, but I was 24 for a whole year. Yes. It's yeah. so sweet. Like, it's he's... Sweet. He's sweet. He's you not know, a jerk. He's You know sweet. what line cracked me up? Is they're going to go... He, Gail is outside the party in her van. And he's like, oh, I just got a call to go check out. I think we found Cindy's car. Our dad's car. Because mm-hmm. uh, so, they framed his dad. Pretty, that's right. They framed his dad. Pretty well. That's a big twist. Yep. That's um, a twist. Um, and... He was like, you want to come with me? She's like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's trying to just flirt with her. And he's walk- like they're walking is- down the th- the the road. And he's like, David do you know Arquette what cut and not Dewey? <laughs> I know. That's probably. Sorry. Probably ad-libbed that. Um, and he's like, do you know what constellations those are up in the sky? And she's like, no, I don't. And he's like, oh, I was just hoping you knew what those were. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what they are. I was hoping you knew. You know, it's gonna it's be so romantic, cute. I know. And he's how they provide one that's like so pure. I feel like it's really yeah. good that they provided like a good, good mm-hmm. guy character yes. because yeah. you see that he's he really cares about his sister. He cares he's about Sydney. He cares about doing yeah. what he needs to do. And mm-hmm. okay, what? <laughs> What 90s, what cop would sit outside a teenage house party where a bunch of teenagers are drinking inside illegally? And, let them and then drink. you also have a news van. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Come on. I totally forgot that Tatum was Dewey's sister, younger yeah. sister, too. Like, well, I, I mean, completely forgot they're like, that. They're, they're contemporary. Like, there's no way they were brothers. But, you know, now I, know. I think yeah. that whole dynamic was very mm-hmm. accurate. Because I, yeah, things like, have changed so much, and <laughs> the way they they depict that relationship is great. It is like when I wear the... this badge, you have to show me respect. Yeah, but she doesn't care. That's pretty she pretty care. funny. It's <laughs> pretty funny. She's like, okay, mm-hmm. Dewey. <laughs> yeah, like, leave. We're having a party. Yes. Let's go leave. And, and, and at this time, I feel like um, '90s house party. I say 90s like house teens having house parties mm-hmm. that was a major theme of the 90s with I know with movies every yeah. it, you and I never went to one of those like, I'm like I've never been to a, in a high school in high school went to a house party ever <laughs> I think they probably ever. had them but we were not 
quite a good thing. We didn't do <laughs> those. We didn't know. And if we had been, I don't think we would have felt comfortable. I think we would have left because we didn't, wouldn't have known what to do. That's right. We were at other people's house watching movies. That's what we did. We were watching movies. That's and that's we fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Or, never, you know, on Saturday we night, we were watching SNL. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's well, that's another episode, but yes. Yeah, we're going to do SNL. It, who was on SNL was a big... Who was hosting SNL that Saturday was that's a big, big deal. deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who stole the show in this? Who do you think... We know mm. Sydney is the main character. We know Nev yeah. Campbell is a badass. Who yes, stole yes. the show? Like, what other mm. character do you feel like was like, uh, I remember this character from that movie. Well, I think, I think you know, Drew Barrymore we've talked about, mm-hmm. just completely memorable, but I think Dewey also was just mm-hmm. bat crazy, you know, um, and he, I think he really had a great performance. It was over mm-hmm. the top. It was creepy. It was weird. Um, but well, and Dewey, was great. Dewey is a really good He's like, he was that comic relief, but he's also he such a good actor mm-hmm. and he makes you feel like you're safe and he's really good at like kind of diffusing that tension. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people like gave him enough credit for that because I mean, he's got Patricia and Rosanna Arquette for sisters. They're yeah. dramatic, like powerhouses. Mm-hmm. And then you've got David Arquette, who's just this adorable guy. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. so cute. Mm-hmm. in this role but he's really he comes out as kind of a hero and you yeah. don't you don't expect that at first yeah uh, I love Gail's character too because mm. you think she's gonna be this you know stereotypical reporter reporter but actually she kind of ends up saving the day in this first movie and I think she is ambitious and she's un- unapologetic and I, mm-hmm. I love that they kind like of how twisted that character she is. Mm-hmm. She is. She plays a total B at the beginning, mm-hmm. and you you feel for Sydney. And it, and I agree with Sydney. With like, mm-hmm. stop, you know. Yeah. And as a true crime fanatic, and mm-hmm. you know, it does get into more of an entertainment versus the 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 victim storyline. And I think that was well represented here. But also, I love when she gets the gun and she's like, how about this for a headline? You know? Yeah. Reporter it, it, That kills. was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really Reporter well saves the day. How about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love and when. And Cindy's like, I like I like that ending. You know, she's like I so like thankful. She's I like so how they, they're they kind of frenemies in that poem, but they also mm-hmm. empower each other because they're yeah. against these two guys that want to kill them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I like that ending. And then, you know, when when Sydney shoots him, she's like, not in my sequel. Not in my movie. You know, that Mm -hmm. was so good. So So well done. And he's like, wait, this is the moment that the killer comes back to life for one last attempt. And then he does. And then she shoots him in the head again. Meta. 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 Yep. Yep. Do you feel like this movie has aged well? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we've talked about this. You know, we've talked about the diff- the uh, gender stuff and, you know, the 90s and how mm-hmm. complicated and complicated the whole, like, have sex with me character, mm-hmm. all that stuff that we talked about. That mm-hmm. kind of doesn't age very well. Um, 
but that was the time. But I feel like that was I, a good representation of the time. Was. Everything was very censored. Mm-hmm. Everything was very censored. Yeah. Even and, though it was the 90s mm-hmm. and things were progressing, it was still very censored. It was. Um, but I think this movie ages well. I mean, it's not very diverse. So, like, the casting and yeah. the new ones are more diverse. And again, that was the time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but it inspired, it, it reinvigorated the genre of horror. It, we have so many movies after it. And I think mm-hmm. it just, I think it holds up. Anybody that likes scary movies or horror movies needs to watch this original Scream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are if you watch the new ones great watch mm-hmm. the original ones so you see the the origin story because there mm-hmm. there's always an origin it's like when you watch Halloween, the new halloween mm-hmm. with jamie lee you gotta watch the original one because it, it doesn't it. make sense if you don't watch it that's right so yes it ages perfectly excellent excellent what okay last last question what characters did you identify with the most well, I think, you know, Nev's character, Cindy, was mm-hmm. just kind of somebody I related to. First mm-hmm. of all, I think we talked about just her overall look. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not, she wasn't Cher and Clueless, right? She was the she wasn't Cher. girl next door. She mm-hmm. was wearing the, the clothes that I was wearing. She exactly. um, had the Indigo Girls poster up in her wall. She was a computer nerd. Thank she you. Yes, she was. Um, I love how she dialed 911 on the computer. I know. Claire was, was like, so what? <laughs> yeah. That was great. Was yeah, like, so. Just wait for a throwback, Claire. Watch this scene where she dials 911 from her computer. She's there like, you why go. is it red on the screen? I'm like, don't ask. Don't ask, yeah. It's very yeah, like so. MS-DOS. But so accurately depicted, I like mm-hmm. how she's... She's kind of the Jamie Lee Curtis character of this movie. She's mm-hmm. she's your kind, hardworking, studious, sweet mm-hmm. girl who's doing yep. the right things. Mm-hmm. And even if she's doing the right things, it's still not paying off for her because she's but she's doing everything society wants her to, everything her dad wants her to, everything mm-hmm. her boyfriend wants her to, everything her friends mm-hmm. want her to. And she still is attacked and targeted. And I feel like that's very integral yeah. to the plot. I think so. She's a she's a trauma survivor, survivor, thriver. She's strong. She's badass, and she um, don't mess with her. Don't mess with she her. She can run in heels, like those boots, those heeled boots. I'm, I remember watching this and I'm thinking, I would be dead. I know. I know. I'd be yeah. dead in the first scene, but she just <laughs> she's such a fighter and just really well done yep Nab, I good love you. good yeah. pick great awesome. and she, was, she was big on party at the f- party of five party at the time five. yeah she was with jennifer love hewitt and yeah another scream queen just really good really yep. good really great she's she's gone on to do some more stuff and she's wonderful and i always think she's extremely underrated and i think mm-hmm. she should be in more mm-hmm. stuff she looks like so mm-hmm. beautiful still to she's aged day. so she's well first of all women aging in hollywood yeah. can't even but she's she's still so great with her mm-hmm. her choices and in, in mm-hmm. roles and the way she carries those out across uh, on screen just yeah. carries across really well yep 
Yeah. So they're screamed, shall we? Great pick. All right. Yeah. Just great. Just great. I love it. (laughs) There you go. Just great. All right. Shelly. Please go watch. Yes. Go watch Scream. 1996. Do it. Okay. The new Rogers and Ebert. Or the new Ebert and Siskel and Ebert. So great is our is our rating system so great so, so great. good yeah so great and so good all right we shall need I? to have a so, rating system we should that's a great idea yeah we'll come up all with right shelly let's get into your pick mm. let's mm. go okay this one psycho i'm really guys listen i've edited myself a lot here because uh, psycho let's let's first talk about psycho psycho came out in 1960 we already talked about how it came out 63 years ago so there are going to be some 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 instances that have definitely changed in the 63 years this movie has been on the planet but i i'm a huge fan of hitchcock and hitchcockian thrillers Mm -hmm. i love the way hitchcock made movies i like the way he he directed i like the screenwriters he chose and he also was a very big yeah, he 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 liked to have control over the the screenplay and just mm-hmm. how things were shot, and he really tried to make them as suspenseful as as possible. And he's called the master of suspense for a reason. He he really, if if you haven't watched any Hitchcock movies, if you're not a fan of old movies, I get it, but give it a shot. It is in black and white, and there's mm-hmm. a reason for that. Um. So I'm just going to kind of get into it a little bit. Um, yeah, what's the synopsis of Psycho? The synopsis of this movie. This movie takes place in 1960. We, we open on um, a, a scene in a hotel, by the way. Which Pretty racy I, for the time. It's very racy for the time. And that's something I'm going to get into here. But Alfred Hitchcock was a boundary pusher. And he really, he and his um, screenwriter really went pretty far deep into these studios like minds here and tried to it, one thing I'm going to mention here and I'll mention it later but they they tried to put a lot of um suggestive um content in this this movie mm-hmm. so that they so that the um studio would overlook some of the other suggestive content they tried to like basically lambast them with content that they would have to go through so that they could get some of the stuff they wanted in the movie, which I think is kind of genius. Uh They're like, we're going to play the game. We're going to do it right. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do what we need to do. So we open in, um, we're in Arizona, we're in Phoenix, Arizona. And we've, we open in on a scene in a hotel room and we can see that these two young lovers have just had a tryst. Um, (laughs) We see Janet Lee, who is, Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, in case you haven't, there you go. No, yep. mm-hmm. that is Jamie Lee and and uh, Janet Lee and Tony Curtis were married at the time, mm-hmm. and they had Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie That's yep. another screen queen. Because she just uh, recently won an Oscar for everything. Yeah. We at once. I can't Finally. talk about Jamie Lee. We're mm-hmm. gonna have to have a whole episode on. Yes, Jamie we Lee. will. She is one of the best actresses of our generation. I feel like mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis is just. Mm-hmm. An amazing, amazing woman, yeah, actress, what have you. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. But Janet Lee, much like Drew Barrymore, was billed as the top um, cast mm-hmm. member for this movie. And that was done intentionally. Um, 
Alfred Hitchcock had a habit of using, um, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but he had a habit of using very large stars so that he would not have to get caught up on characterization. He wanted to get right into the plot. He was mm-hmm. like, you know who these people are. You know they're good actors. Let's move on with my awesome movie. Mm-hmm. And he got Janet Lee. And Janet Lee is a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Mm-hmm. She she was a gorgeous woman, excuse me. She was just your typical Hollywood starlet. Blonde, mm-hmm. beautiful. Like I said, married to Tony Curtis. Who I, and I need to mention, Tony Curtis was in Spartacus. Mm-hmm. And the man who plays Sam Loomis, um, which is, uh, let me get his name here, uh, John Gavin. John Gavin mm-hmm. plays Sam Loomis. He was also in, he played Spartacus with Tony Curtis. So he was nice. You with also, Lee and I'm Tony totally going to go off here for a second, but like do you remember in Clueless, um, the scene when they're watching Spartacus. What are they watching? <laughs> they're watching Spartacus. Spartacus. And let's have a meta moment for a moment. I'm going to go a little uh-huh. bit off here. Uh-huh. Um, Christian in that in that uh-huh. scene in Clueless, he's gay, and yeah. he's he's closeted gay, yeah. and he's watching Tony Curtis. Yeah, in Spartacus, Tony mm-hmm. Curtis, closeted gay man. Closeted, a- gay and that's man. kind of a theme of so the was. actors of the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are talking about these actors in 1960. The mm-hmm. the leading actor in this movie is Anthony Perkins, who mm-hmm. did not get as much credit as he should have in his life because he did this role mm-hmm. and, and and i would like to say that he he mentioned on several occasions that he he knew he was typecast after this role mm-hmm. and he was kind of typecast as a villain because people thought that's all he could play but yeah very versatile actor so and, good. and at the time he was his cast in this role he was kind of a heartthrob because he's mm-hmm. very very handsome mm-hmm. he's got that slim like good looking gentleman boy next door vibe yeah and um anthony perkins was also a gay man who um Mm -hmm. was was closeted for his whole life Mm -hmm. he he was married to to and i'll go into that but he was married to a woman they had two kids Mm -hmm. but he he died in 1994 92 94 of aids so he was also he yeah like Tony Curtis, he was also a gay man that was closeted because of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like we've we've made a lot of strides in that arena. Not as many as we need to, but no. we don't have to have actors who can't get a job because they are gay. And I feel like yeah. that is something that was so pertinent back to this time. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie, I'm, I'm going to go back to the synopsis because I can't keep getting off and I'm sorry. We open up, we've got Marion Crane, played by Janet Lee. We've got Sam Loomis, played by John Gavin, and they are having a lover's tryst. John Gavin is a recent divorcee. He would love to marry Marion, but he has to make these large alimony payments because he lives in California. And he lives in this fictional town called Fairville, California. Janet Lee's character, Marion, lives in Phoenix. They they meet up in hotel rooms when they can. They're in love. What a, yada, yada. They... They speak in letters, and you mm-hmm. see, you see Sam Loomis writing a letter to her, mm-hmm. um, in one scene, which is just precious because that's just a lost art form. Yeah, but um, they're they're in love, and he's telling her how he would love to marry her, but he just he doesn't have the money. She doesn't have the money. She's a secretary, um, at like a real estate office, and um, 
So, you know, he was like, oh, just take the rest of the day off. She's like, I have to go back into work. You know, this mm-hmm. was an extended lunch break. So she she goes back into work um, and she's a secretary along with, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the, the character, but the the other woman that plays another secretary with her in that office is mm-hmm. actually Patricia Hitchcock, um, Alfred Hitchcock's daughter. Oh, okay. And she was in she was in three of his movies um, because Hitchcock had a had a um, kind of a a uh, trademark of being of having cameos in his own mm-hmm. movies. And yeah. when his daughter started being into movies, she he he put her in a few of, of his. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, let me find those really quickly because I think it's, it's I think it's really cool. Um, but she was in Stage Fright. Psycho and Strangers on a Train. Oh, Strangers wow. on a Train is an amazing movie. Great I need to watch movie. it. Yes, um, so we see Marion. She's in. She's a. She's a secretary. And then we see your typical 1960s. You got the boss coming in after, you know, a two martini lunch with his with his client, mm-hmm. and the client is this real estate mogul, whatever, and he's got forty thousand dollars cash, and I need to. I need to find it here because the forty thousand dollars at the time was about three hundred sixty-two thousand dollars. Now, that's a lot. Of if money. you if you account for inflation, etc., that's about three hundred sixty-two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah. Oh, sorry, three hundred fifty-two thousand. And um, so she she's given this cash by this client to put in a safe deposit box. Because the the boss is like, I don't even want this cash in my office. Take mm-hmm. it to the safe deposit box, and then go home. She's like, I'm mm-hmm. I've got a headache. I'm gonna go home and rest. So we cut, and we see her packing her bag, mm-hmm. and we see the forty thousand dollars on the on the bed. And and one thing I want to mention in the opening scene when she's in her bra, which is very very controversial for the time. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a white bra, white slip. You know, mm-hmm. she's getting she's getting dressed in all white. In the scene where it cuts to her stealing the money and packing to leave, we know she's got her motive here. Mm-hmm. She's wearing black. And that mm-hmm. was done. She's wearing a black bra. She's putting on a gray dress. That was done intentionally by Hitchcock. He wanted that to be. She's very angelic in the beginning. She sees her, her love Sam needs money. She's decided to make this choice. And that's that um for Hitchcock is a is a um trope that he uses a, a motif excuse mm-hmm. me that he uses in his movies of he wants you to feel sympathy for this character that is doing something unsavory mm-hmm. and um she's decided to steal this forty thousand dollars which you're you do you sympathize with this character you mm-hmm. understand her motives is it mm-hmm. right no do you sympathize yes mm-hmm. and expertly done by hitchcock well, it's just I, I too go, easy like it's just it's too, too easy too easy for her to take it and it's the opportunity well, is there when given that opportunity would you do given, the same you know and here's the deal here's another thing that i feel like you and i will in a lot of women will will mm-hmm. kind of be like mm-hmm in that scene where where the we've got the cowboy here and he's talking about uh-huh. buying a house with cash for his baby daughter and uh-huh. he's talking about how much he loves his baby and blah 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 but he also 
then turns and hits on Marion and oh, then yeah. also insinuates, yep. insinuates. And, and, and I need to mention, I read a Siskel and Ebert article mm-hmm. on this and, 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 um, Siskel, was it Siskel or I don't know. Anyway, he was saying, you know, he insinuates to her that she could be bought with this money. Yeah. And that's just mm-hmm. so accurate. <laughs> For the times, like I said, this is 1960. We are just after the baby boom. We are with with women. And what is their job? Their job is to be a secretary. secretary. Their job is to, you know, make babies. You know, Mm -hmm. she she's talking to Sam in the opening scene, and she's like, "Well, if it were just us, I would, you know, hang out with you, me, and my sister, and I boil us some nice steaks." You know, Mm -hmm. it's very, very clear women's roles in this time. Yeah, and she is. A working professional probably not making anything Mm-mm. she's a single woman and i can't as a single woman in 2023 mm-hmm. i cannot imagine being a single woman in 1960 i would oh, yeah. probably lose my brain i would oh, probably yeah. lose my brain yes. but he you know you've got this slimy real estate guy who's just carrying mm-hmm. around forty thousand in cash and he's drunk off his bum yeah. and it, her boss is like i this is a bad idea and he's like oh mm-hmm. come on now you know let's go have that bottle that's in your desk <laughs> mm-hmm. you know you and i know men like this so we have experienced oh, yeah. men like yes, this we have and first of multiple all you've got 40 times. Th- multiple multiple times multiple times you you've got forty thousand dollars in cash you've yeah. got a boyfriend that wants that wants to marry you and loves you mm-hmm. he needs money mm-hmm. you've got this creep that's putting money on your account and you're like i don't care mm-hmm. what you want to do with this money i'm going to take it from you i'm not saying i would do that <laughs> let me clarify that but yeah. you do it, it, hitchcock is so good at making you feel what she feels you and understand why she did you it. you understand and mm-hmm. she gets in her car and she's driving off and i love the scene she stopped at a stoplight and she's letting people go across the crosswalk and her boss and this guy this cowboy they're going out for another drink he turns to her and he looks and kind of waves and is like, thank you. And then he sees that it's her. And she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, you see that look on her face like, yep. oh, no. And she drives off and um, we find out she's driving to California, mm-hmm. to Fairville, to to see Sam with this money. And she's she's got a plan. And they're going to, you know, it's, it's a flawed plan, but it's her plan. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she stops she drives all night she stops pulls over on the side of the road and a police officer wakes her up and it's like hey you don't need to be sleeping here you really should pull off at a motel mm-hmm. if you want to be safer which is foreshadowing anyway um so she goes and she's like am i doing anything wrong the police officer falls her because she acts as she i can't talk she That's acts okay. very shady just, yeah she's not good at stealing money <laughs> no and you see her driving to a car lot and she's like, mm-hmm. I, I wanna I wanna trade my car now. Mm-hmm. And um I think it's I think it's an interesting scene because me as a person, I'm like, I, I would go to a different car lot because you can tell this cop is following you. She trades in her car, pays seven hundred dollars cash. Right in front of the cop. The cop is across the street just staring right in at front her. Of the cop, staring her down and the mm-hmm. the the um the car dealer's like, that's the first time I've been high pressured by a client to, (laughs) to, you know, and it's, it's accurate. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she gets a car, she goes 
And then we see this horrible storm, this rainstorm. So she's like, I've got to pull off. She mm-hmm. she finally finds this motel and it's Bates Motel. We know what that means now. Yes, at we the do. time. She didn't know. So she pulls mm-hmm. off, she goes in, it's it's raining. There's this really nice young man, and he's like, you know what? We got 12 cabins, 12 vacancies, that's what we do. <laughs> Y'all give you cut. And you, one thing I want to mention, you notice he goes to grab a different key, but he yeah. grabs key, a cabin one, one. And there's a reason for that. Yep. So she goes and she gets changed. And he's like, you know, it, she also mentioned if she was hungry. And he's like, well, if you go 15 miles up the road, you'll get to Ver- Fairville, which is her mm-hmm. destination, by the way. Just 15 not- miles away. 15 miles away. Yeah. Hitchcock. Thank I you. know. Anyway, so she's like, well, okay. And he's, and so then, you know, she comes out and talks to him and he's like, you're not really going to drive up there, are you? It's, it's raining and, you know, I, I'm going to make some food. It's just me and my mother here. And, you know, you see this, this really gothic looking house that is behind the motel. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so creepy spooky it's creepy it's spooky it was inspired by a piece of art that hitchcock is like i want this to be my house and and it's just this very like um intimidating house and Mm -hmm. and he goes up and and she's like okay i'll 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 eat with you whatever so he goes up and he gets them dinner he has a fight with his mother she can hear it Mm -hmm. that's very very well done Mm -hmm. and he comes back and you know suggests they have dinner in the parlor which is behind his office and when you go in the parlor you see all these stuffed birds he's he obviously does taxidermy which Mm -hmm. that's an art that i don't that i don't have but he likes birds and i Mm -hmm. i also want to make mention of um a lot of allusions to birds in this movie he he mentions while she's eating her sandwich that she eats like a bird you see all the Mm -hmm. stuffed birds you see art with birds Mm -hmm. that was kind of an allusion to his next movie the birds yeah another classic but yeah um he also the type of birds in this art are the birds known for being smart and predatory so that is kind of um just a little nod there and you know she's like well she kind of puts him off his game there because she's like you know you shouldn't be spoken to like that even if that's your mother that's not appropriate Mm mm-hmm and he is very defensive of his mother. Well, a mother's, a boy's best friend is his best mother. Best friend is his mother. Yeah. Iconic line. Iconic yep. line. A boy's best friend mm-hmm. is his mother. And that kind of tells you all you need to know about Norman at that point. He is, he lives in this motel. He takes care of it. He lives with his mother. Obviously very sheltered, very like, um, he seems very innocent, very boy next door. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm I'm very tired. I'm just going to go to sleep. And I'm leaving at dawn. And mm-hmm. she tells him, she's like, I'm leaving at dawn. And she also makes mention an allusion to the fact that she she's going back to Arizona to get herself out of the mess that she got herself into. So, so mm-hmm. we see here in this moment also, which is great irony, she's she's decided against this plan. She She knows she's in the wrong this is a crazy plot. She's she's like, I'm just going to go back and return the money and get into whatever I need to get into. So we go, she goes in and she, we see for the first time she's 
you know, getting ready, we saw that she put the money in the newspaper, folded it up so it doesn't, it's not sitting in an envelope full of cash, Mm -hmm. which I, at the time, I thought that was genius. Um, She gets ready for her shower and we have one of the most famous scenes in movie history here with the shower scene. She's, Mm -hmm. she's showering. She's like, oh, I'm going to wash all this stuff off, blah, 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 blah. And we have the wonderful, wonderful score of um, mm-hmm. Ber- um, Bernard Herman, I think is his name. But he, we have these strings. And then we see the shadow, the silhouette of an old woman and a knife. And, and she mm-hmm. just gets totally brutalized and killed in the shower. <laughs> and then that, that and I want to say really quickly, just an aside, he, Hitchcock did not want any soundtrack playing during this, this scene. Mm-hmm. He wanted it to be completely silent, and his wife watched it and was like, "You better put that score you put music on there in. because it mm-hmm. has such a bigger impact." And he was, she was right, and he did, and it was, oh yeah, the score made the made the movie. You can't so, think of that scene without thinking of the music behind it. No, like it's like Jaws. Can't. It's yeah. like Jaws. You can't think of the shark without that Jaws scene, and that's this exactly, and props to alma hitchcock's wife because she was she was like you gotta do this better alfred get your ducks in a row so he did what it without that music that scene would not be as impactful as it no no and it it, i also need to mention hitchcock didn't really want to score he didn't want any music he wanted it to be very we'll get into the budgetary issues Mm -hmm. in a little bit but he didn't want to score and bernard Herrmann was like you gotta have score and the one of the most iconic scores of all time is in this movie. Yeah, the icon. It, it, oh, it's amazing. So <laughs> she dies, mm-hmm. and 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 we don't see much gore. We we very quickly see the mm-hmm. knife connecting with her abdomen. That's it, mm-hmm. and and then you see the blood going down the drain. That's all you yeah. need to see. Yeah, we see, we hear Norman arguing with his mother. What mm-hmm. did you do? Oh my God! So he goes and he cleans up and he he cleans up the bathroom he mops it he he puts her body in the shower curtain puts it in the trunk cleans out everything and then sinks the trunk in the pond Mm -hmm. or the swamp behind their house somewhere yeah and it's done so you know we cut to the sister um Mm -hmm. searching for marion and she's like Mm -hmm. marion's been missing for a week we haven't seen her she drives out to fairville confronts sam which, you know, Lila is the sister. Vera Miles plays Lila Crane. Mm-hmm. Beautiful woman. And she yeah. goes up and she's like, is she here? I don't care what's going on. Is she here? We're, we're concerned. Mm-hmm. At the same time, and Sam Sam Loomis, the boyfriend's like, I, I haven't seen her. I don't know where she is. She's not home. I, I, what? And um, at the same time this conversation is going, we see this, this um, man in a suit. And he's listening and he just comes up and in very 1960s fashion he's like well um you know blah blah blah, blah. He, he, he it find, we find out he's a private investigator for mm-hmm. the the man that she stole the forty thousand dollars from and I, I it's just so classic hollywood he walks up and starts talking and i love sam loomis he's like what do you want friend <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh i'm looking for money friend you know it's mm-hmm. so classic hollywood and they they find that you know she's been missing she stole this money her sister is like what the hell sam's like what the hell so 
you know, the detective is like, well, I'm going to go out and, and somebody has seen her here. Somebody has seen her. So he mm-hmm. checks boarding houses, he checks hotels, he checks motels, and he goes and he, by happenstance, which I think is such a nod to the irony that Hitchcock just, because you're constantly during this movie, you're like, if you had just done this, you know, he, he walks up to Norman, he sees base motel and he's like, I almost drove past this. I didn't even see it. Your light wasn't on. Mm-hmm. And Norman's like, oh, yeah, it's a habit. I almost forget to turn the light off. So he, you find out the private investor wouldn't have, he wouldn't have even stopped there, but he did. Yeah. And, you know, he starts questioning Norman. Norman is immediately thrown off. And I, I love this scene because you see how nervous he gets. He starts stuttering and he's, he's second guessing himself. And he's like, I, 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 nobody's coming here for a couple weeks. And then, the private investigator is like, well, you know, and he's like, well, yeah, a couple last week said that they wouldn't have even noticed. And he's like, see there, you know, you, you just said somebody was here. Let me look at your guest book. He looks at the guest book. He finds out, yes, she was there. So then Norman changes his story, yada, yada. And then the private investigator is like, well, if I could just speak to your mother, if I could just speak to your mother. And Norman's like, no, you cannot speak to my mother. No, no. No, very hmm. evasive, very confrontational almost. So it, eventually, you know, the private investigator goes up to the house. He's like, I, I hear them talking. I know she's here. So he starts walking up the stairs and you you see this wonderful scene where he gets stabbed by uh, Mrs. Bates yeah. and he falls down the stairs and he dies too. So we've got, we've got a body count of two. Mm-hmm. And um, then, you know, we cut back to Lila and Sam and they're like, he didn't call what's going on something's wrong sam goes out to the motel he doesn't see anybody he's looking for the investigator he's yelling for the investigator hey arbogast while he's yelling we see norman sinking arbogast's car <laughs> with mm-hmm. him in the trunk and so you know that we see what kind of person we're dealing with here she goes back to lila they decide they're going to take it to the sheriff sheriff automatically brushes them off mm-hmm. no way no way you know it definitely wasn't Norman Bates. Norman wouldn't hurt anybody, you know, his mother. And then we find out his mother's been dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like, what? So, his you know, been dead. exactly. Dun, the dun, sheriff dun. is basically useless. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to go out and investigate. He feels sorry for Norman because he lost his mom to murder, suicide, yada, yada. So, um, Lila and Sam decide to take it upon themselves. They're going to go investigate. They're going to pose mm-hmm. as a married couple, getting a room. Mm-hmm. They go, they they stay in a room, and while while there, Sam is very kind of aggressive, and he's like, you know, pretend you're taking a nap. Go look at other cabins. I'm going to talk to Norman. So he 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 starts talking to Norman, getting more aggressive, and he really lets his cards show in that moment he's like well what about forty thousand dollars would forty thousand dollars get you a new place blah 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 while he's talking to norman lila goes up to the house to talk to mrs bates Mm -hmm. and mrs bates she you know she she goes up the stairs she sees this one of which is one of the creepiest scenes in all of hollywood history i feel like just because you know what it, it you don't at the time but later you know he, she goes into norma bates's room her bedroom mm-hmm. and you see all this the stuff of this glamorous woman and then you mm-hmm. see on the bed you see the bed 
where obviously somebody has been laying for a while. Yeah, the outline of a body. You see like the outline of a body in. on a bed, sunken mm-hmm. in, which that yeah. takes some doing, I feel like. And she's just like, something is wrong. She looks in the closet. It's women's clothes. Mm-hmm. She she searches. She's going throughout the house. And then she sees that Norman is coming up. So she she goes down. She goes down to a cellar. And she's like. Fruit cellar. The fruit cellar. Don't put me in the fruit cellar. Fruit cellar. So she goes down to hide from Norman as he's coming into the house. And as she does, she finds the body. The. Mm-hmm. Um embalmed skeletal remains skeletal remains of norma bates Mm -hmm. and we realize that she's not alive and norman is crazy and then we see the famous scene where and there's one single light bulb swinging which i think makes it even better Mm -hmm. she turns her around she sees the corpse she screams here and here comes norman in dressed as his mother and then sam saves the day by holding Mm -hmm. down and then we cut to the the sheriff's office where the psychiatrist yeah. is explaining mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we realize that Norman is not really Norman. He's actually Norman and his mother and he's schizophrenic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there is a big issue there. And then we have that final scene where mm-hmm. he, in one of the first superimposed positions, like, of somebody's face, you see Norman... And he's like, we all get a little mad sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and and just that, you know, he, he's he's sitting there and he's completely his mother at this point in his mind. And you hear like, I wouldn't even sweat this fly. And you look at his face and um, you see like a skull, kind of like a mm-hmm. super skull on his face. Just creepy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's and then it cuts to them pulling a car out of the swamp Mm -hmm. and that's that's the movie so uh, brief rundown but very impactful and a lot that went into this movie so yeah yes um i there was a couple of shots in the movie that stood out to me that i think probably were just at the time very ahead of its time in specifically i think especially in the shower scene um the stabbing and then Mm -hmm. where you follow the blood like all he has to do is follow the blood down the drain and then it circles and you see the blood going down the drain and then you cut to marion's eye and it's like a close-up her her eye eye, and and it it pans out of her pans out yep and she's dead and she's this beautiful woman and you're like Mm -hmm whoa what just happened yeah i i just very quickly i want to go into um just what it took to make this movie because this movie was based off of a novel and like so many great movies but hitchcock bought the rights to this novel and he he really made it his own in the novel norman bates is actually like this 45 year old like fat balding guy and um (laughs) Hitchcock was like, that's not going to sell. Mm-hmm. We need a boy next door type that audiences can really fall in love with. Mm-hmm. And so he cast Anthony Perkins, who had done some, you know, teenage be- like beach movies mm-hmm. at the time. You know, just real. He was like the it guy. Yeah. And he's what a great casting choice, because had you had this creepy guy, that would have made you would have been. Yeah, you would have been 
like right off the bat like oh something's up with this something's but up with this with guy him, he's obviously creepy yeah with him casting this you're like what is going like he's so he does, relatable he's like, he sticks his hands in his pockets he eats candy corn you know mm-hmm. he stutters he's he's harmless yeah he's harmless, harmless guy. Yeah. and uh, just to make this movie like studios were so against it and so um hitchcock was really pushing for it because he wanted to make a horror movie and this was his first horror movie he'd made thrillers he'd made suspense he movies made a but lot. this was yeah. his first horror movie he's like i'm going mm-hmm. to make something that makes people just absolutely lose their minds and so he deferred his standard salary of two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. the studio mm-hmm. usually paid him two hundred fifty thousand. he's like i'm not even gonna take a salary instead of a salary you just give me 60 percent of the movie's gross and they're like wow. fine because they thought it was gonna be a flop <laughs> this movie made him over 131 million dollars in today's money he made Jeez. 15 million off this movie wow and great baller move for hitchcock at the moment Mm -hmm. because he's like i'm going to get this made so it you see a lot of budget cuts here Mm -hmm. which that's the reason it's in black and white obviously color movies had been around for Mm -hmm. quite a while um but this this movie was done in black and white to save budget Mm -hmm. he also you know there's a lot of things he did to kind of cut back but he also um, thought that the red blood in the scene would be very off-putting mm-hmm. um, and you know it might have been but he they used chocolate syrup for the blood by the way mm-hmm. um, so that it would have more of a a darker look on screen yeah. um, so he really pushed for this to be made and when it was made he was so protective of the movie and of the ending and the twist that he (laughs) this is the reason we have movies that play at a certain time now is because of this movie Mm -hmm. back in the day they used to just show movies on a loop and you'd watch you'd walk in you'd pay for the movie and you'd go Mm -hmm. sit and if it was in the middle of the movie you'd watch it to the end and then you'd watch the the next showing this movie kind of changed that ball game and he was he made certain um theaters that were going to show the movie sign contracts saying a you cannot reveal anything b you have to have the standout cut this cardboard cut out of me in the theater saying please do not reveal the ending to anybody (laughs) and so it was this this cardboard cut out of hitchcock telling people not to reveal anything b if if the if the um i'm sorry c if the um if a moviegoer comes in and they want to see it and it's already started they have Mm -hmm. to wait till the next showing they can't go on because he was that protective and um he this movie changed the ball game for twists in in because of this movie we have the term hitchcockian we we've mm-hmm. we've got m night Shyamalan, we've got gus van zandt we've got so, sam raimi so many good horror movie directors that base their suspense off not just hitchcock but this movie because he was so good at building that suspense mm-hmm. um and it was it was done perfectly like yeah like the way he so films well. little shots like the the detective walking up the stairs and how he filmed mm-hmm. it kind of in slow motion and that just mm-hmm. builds tension and builds tension mm-hmm. um, and like i love that shot where 
the Norman is the car, the car in the swamp, and mm. sinking, 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 and then all of a sudden it pauses. I know. And you and think it's not going to sink, but for that second, you're like, <gasps> and then it goes going down. back, like the way going back it. to to Hitchcock saying, you know, I want people to relate with that villain. You're mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you're holding your breath and you're like, will it go down? You're wanting it to go down. Norman's the one that killed her, and he's trying to sing it, but you're like holding your breath. He's yeah. a he was a master at that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, just a master, and yeah. just really, really well executed. You you know you're you've got these scenes with, um, and it's just kind of a trademark of of Hitchcock. Also, you've got a lot of long scenes with no dialogue you're watching Mm -hmm. the character do what they do and you're just waiting you're waiting for something to happen um Mm -hmm. you know when she's driving when marion's driving away and you you hear all the voices of other people um yeah and what they could be saying what they Mm -hmm. could be thinking you know that was meant to be silent and and then he had the idea of maybe you know we really get inside her head Mm-hmm. of what she is thinking and that's something that's that's very specific to hitchcock he wanted to, to put people in the the perspective of whoever was in that moment mm-hmm. um whether it be the villain whether it be the hero and he mm-hmm. does that so well so well yeah. in this um because yeah, you I do you're like that scene it, oh it's so good i may not have that scene where she's just imagining or mm-hmm. the, what the other characters are saying about mm-hmm. her in that moment like you know and that really drives the plot and the story along it um, does just you know, driving have... away and you hear her boss mm-hmm. saying oh you somebody works for you for 10 years you think you know them and mm-hmm. because she's not she's not a villain she's not a criminal no. and here she is doing this mm-hmm. thing and it makes her so relatable mm-hmm. and that is so good yeah yeah okay Shelly I could go on but I won't do you have do you have any more tidbits you want to talk about do I have to I've got a million but I'm not going to get into them (laughs) I mean we know Janet Lee was Jamie Lee Curtis's mother this Mm -hmm. movie was huge for her Hitchcock told her though and Hitchcock I I love him as a director I don't like like him as a person he was pretty misogynistic yeah he was very misogynistic he wouldn't even Mm -hmm. look at his wife when she was pregnant like he had Awful. redeeming qualities but he was mm-hmm. very he, he would use we also see that he uses blondes a lot he loved mm-hmm. blondes you know just that kind of thing but also you know um janet lee when she made the movie she was like okay yes it's great it wasn't until after she watched it that she was like i cannot take a shower anymore she took baths only oh, really? she would not take a shower for the rest of her life well you baths. wonder how many people seeing that for the first time like after the movie came out, like I'm never taking a shower in a hotel. I I'm never always, stopping. I have to lock the door. Never stopping. Yeah, at a well, roadside motel just, ever again. It's you're this woman in the '60s. You've got mm-hmm. this money. It, it, and just the thing that every other character thinks he mm-hmm. is motivated by the money. He doesn't even mm-hmm. know the money exists. Yeah, he's motivated <laughs> by his inner psychosis and his mm-hmm. mother's need to tell him that he that women are dirty and filthy and yeah that whole sexuality mm-hmm. aspect of it is huge in this movie and mm-hmm. just i say he fought a lot for this movie to be made he fought a lot with studios over the content they felt mm-hmm. like yes okay we talked about the saucy scene in the beginning 
just the scene, like talking about how we've got a man who, who wants to relate to women on a normal level, but he's got his mother in his head Mm -hmm. saying that they're filthy and dirty. That is big. We also talk about, and this is the second movie I've done where they use the word transvestite, but yes, I I also need to mention a, this was 63 years ago. B that word was not going to be in the movie, but Hitchcock Mm -hmm. pushed for it. He's like, this is a true psychological definition from, from medical record and at the time that was the term Mm -hmm. there are many terms we use we used then that we do not use Mm -hmm. now they're offensive at the time that was a big deal that was a Mm -hmm. big deal and and i think it's also important that the psychiatrist said no he's not a transvestite he's not not very important he's not a transvestite he wears his mother's clothing because he thinks he's his mother and big deal um yeah the and I told you this one of the biggest scenes that they had issues with and and the screenwriter really pushed this because he felt like it was integral to the plot was showing a toilet on screen this was the first movie and guys I'm not kidding I watched it behind the scenes it's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous <laughs> the studio was really upset about showing a toilet on screen and then and flushing pain. the toilet and seeing and it, like hearing it they had big issues with that never mind that somebody's killing somebody it's never just, mind that somebody's yeah. killing women that somebody's talking about you know slashing we we cannot show a toilet on screen guys Insane. this is going to change our children this is going to ruin our society where do they think people go where do they think it is not talked about this was a time when it's that was not talked about just i also want to mention this movie was big and it was shown everywhere at the time movies that were really big were shown at Walt Disney at at Disneyland Mm -hmm. and this was pre-Disney World and so Disneyland would often show really big movies Walt Disney refused to show this movie because he thought it was (laughs) disgusting and he Uh did not agree with it and Uh many many people had that that same concept I mean we look at it now and we're like I mean, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty tame, creepy, but at the time this was, this was the worst of the worst when it came to like showing things that were out of the norm. And if you think about it, everybody does everything in this movie. Everybody, <laughs> everybody have sex. Everybody yeah. goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stupid. It kind of, it sign of the times. It reminds me of like Lucy, you know, I love Lucy. Mm. They couldn't have a, a bed that they slept in together. I love Lucy, Mary twin, Tyler Moore show, bed. not Mary Tyler, Dick yep. Van Dyke show. Yep. Two like, twin beds we are that married, married couples live in. And then Lucy couldn't say <laughs> that she was pregnant on the show because that was scandalous. Like you can't say the word pregnant. So that reminded me of that. <sighs> yeah. So funny. We've come a long way. We've, We've come, come a long way. We've come a long way. I mean, we look and scream and she's, she's in a bathroom <laughs> on the floor looking at toilets but yeah. in this movie, it, no, we what you want to show a toilet and you want it flushing? What kind of ingrate are you? Like you're disgusting. That's that was. Oh gosh! It, it, just the fact that he got this movie made and distributed, the studios thought it was going to be a flop. They thought everybody would hate it. They thought mm-hmm. it would be disgusting and vile and obscene. And it's and it, they find it here. I mean, more wrong. I have a factoid here. 
because it is number 15, I think, on AFI's must-watch films, greatest films of all time. It's also been accepted into the Library of Congress, along with like five other Hitchcock movies Mm -hmm. that are just... Is this, I mean, I know this is an obvious question, is this your favorite Hitchcock movie? This is my second favorite Hitchcock movie. What is your favorite Hitchcock movie? Rear Window. (gasps) I love Rear Window. Mine too. Rear Window with Jimmy Stewart and freaking Grace Kelly. Kelly. You can't get any more glamorous than Grace Kelly. Grace I'm Kelly, sorry. No. I don't know who you are. You Real can't. life princess. Yep. Real life princess. Real life, Real life princess. glamour. Just yep. that is my favorite movie. I just. Yeah. I love that I don't know. Too. I love all of his movies though. I love North by Northwest. I love Vertigo. Mm-hmm. I love Birds. I love. Um, Thou oh, Infirmer. I like with, that. With um, Shirley Jones. Not Shirley Jones. I'm sorry. It's. um. Shirley, um, I can't think of her name. Mac, Mac, Shirley, uh, Shirley McLean? McLean, Shirley McLean. What about Henry? And it's like oh, a yeah. kind of a, it's a murder mystery, but it's funny, mm-hmm. hilarious. And Hitchcock, we, we, we watched Dick at Night a lot when we were kids because mm-hmm. that was like where you find old shows. That's where Andrew and I watched like Mary Tyler Moore show, Dick Van Dyke. They would have the Hitchcock Hour. And I yeah. loved the Hitchcock mm-hmm. Hour or yeah. Hitchcock Presents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did TV. He did no, TV back then. He did TV. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. He was, he was a very interesting man. Yes, he was. Very. And, and another meta moment Anthony Hopkins, Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. played Alfred Hitchcock in the Alfred Hitchcock movie called Hitchcock. There you go. There you go. And what a perfect person to play him. Yes. It all ties back to all of our movies, yeah. Shelly, that we've yeah. picked. All right, Shelly, a couple of questions for you. I'm ready. Do you remember seeing this for the first time? How did I it make do. you feel? So my my good friend Sammy and I, mm-hmm. we loved watching Sammy. weird, scary movies. Sammy's, mm-hmm. Sammy's a legend. We, we would watch scary movies all the time, just the weirdest stuff. And this one was our favorite. Our yeah. favorite. If I, if I wanted something, if my dad and also very 90s if, if your mom or dad was like hey i'm going to hastings i'm going to blockbuster do you want anything i want something i, I want to watch something i don't know what they would bring you yeah. back psycho and it was a hit every time because they knew <laughs> i loved it i loved yeah. it it was perfect what did you um what did you identify with why did you love it so much i think i loved it because it was it, the thriller and the suspense i mm-hmm. love any story that can build up that kind of suspense mm-hmm. and then you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the payoff is so, it was, when I watched this for the first time, I, I just was like, what? He's, yeah. his mother's dead. What? And then at the end, it's about as shocking as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that, you, of course, you know, in the nineties, we didn't have internet, but I was like, how much research can I do on this? I, you know, I did find out this was based off Ed Gein, the real mm-hmm. life psycho who inspired mm-hmm. this movie, who inspired Silence of the Lambs and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. That's a true story. You can't yeah. fiction reality is stranger than fiction. And just right. watching this and seeing that like, this was so creepy and so shocking. It, it was amazing to me. Yeah. Um, I wish I could go back in time. Like I was trying to remember if I ever 
had a time in my life where I didn't know like the twist of this movie, even mm-hmm. without watching it. Do you know what I, was I mean? Very so, young like, watching this. I was probably yeah. 11, 12 watching this, and I was That's like, crazy. oh my God. But I wish I could go back in time and be in the audience when it like opened for the first time and just, just how shocking it must have it been. It blew at everybody's time. mind, and yeah. everybody was talking about it, and it yeah. made millions because it was so different Mm -hmm. and that's what hollywood needed at the time they needed something that was shocking that was different that was off-putting and this you've got it we had just gone through like that the 50s where it was just like these like technicolored musicals Uh happy Uh happy happy Uh you know Uh period of hollywood which i love most of those movies so yeah absolutely you've got these glamorous women just wearing yeah I'm sorry, the, the style at the time was just, you, you don't see a man without a suit. You don't see mm-hmm. a man without a jacket. You don't see a man without a hat. And and just the women wearing the dresses. And Edith Head was the costume designer mm-hmm. oftentimes for Hitchcock. She was, a, she was mm-hmm. the um, costume designer for this. And they decided to buy off the right clothing for Marion Crane so mm-hmm. that people could identify with her more living on like a secretary's salary mm-hmm. and she still makes it look amazing so glamorous so glamorous. Just glamorous all right shelly what is your scariest scene i think the scariest movie? scene for me is the basement scene where mm-hmm. they reveal that the mother is dead because that you you don't know if norman's behind her you don't know well first of all she's in the in the basement with a corpse mm-hmm. let's go back to science of the lambs you're in a basement with a corpse <laughs> you're screwed the you don't there's a scary killer behind you somewhere that's scary Mm -hmm. and then just the revelation of yes he did go that far to rob his own mother's grave Mm -hmm. and then keep her and have have her as part of his identity for so long Mm -hmm. that is messed up and is and then scary so scary and like knowing that like knowing it and watching this Mm -hmm. movie again it's like he's talking to himself like he's doing voices he is talking in his mother voice which i'm sure that was a different actress but three um, three different actors that made that okay three different two were two were female one was male and then hitchcock would would use different ones for different times Mm -hmm. and it was just wow but like Creepy. watching it and like hearing him talk to his mother and they're having a whole back and forth. But knowing now. Knowing she's dead. Knowing she's, she's dead. Gone. You're like, oh my God. Oh my this God. is creepy. He's truly psychotic. He's not yes. well. Mm-mm. And he's so not well. And it, it just, the scene where he he takes the, she's she's getting undressed in the, the hotel room and we find out why he chose cabin one yeah, because yep. he has a hole to cut Pickle. out in the wall so he can watch which is mm-hmm. absolutely creepy if you've ever stayed disgusting. in a hotel yeah. it is disgusting. so creepy because yeah. that's a fear that and I love that Hitchcock plays on every fear that you have yep. are you alone? no you're not you're being watched are you Are you safe? no you're not <laughs> like, nope. this guy looks very friendly and very very harmless but he is not and and that is terrifying (sighs) terrifying oh yeah Mm -hmm. especially you're a woman you're traveling alone and yeah as uh, as a woman who's traveled alone i love to travel alone yeah it's it's scary terrifying and you still think about psycho like i do 
I drove. <laughs> you to. you just got back from an out of town trip, but yes, I did. I and you know this. I I drove to mm-hmm. um Arizona one time. I took a road trip by myself and mm-hmm. Airbnb. You know, but you still you are like, know. yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So you just are always looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always like, am I being filmed? I don't yep. know. Don't know. This yeah. movie really kind of put that in in. As misogynistic as Hitchcock was, he really did know how to play on mm-hmm. on the fears of women. And yeah. this movie is very, like, in, it's mentioned in several articles how misogynistic it is. But mm-hmm. it's it, it's a it was relatable at the time because that's how things were. You're a young woman. Why are you alone? Mm-hmm. Why are you not married? Why are yeah. you not? It, it... Every male that she encounters in the movie is just so bewildered by her because she is not acting like she should. And no. I just think it's so suspicious. So yeah, well, she was suspicious, but also she was. Yes, it, it, just a woman by herself. What? What are you doing? Why are you mm-hmm. here? And and just the the way that he's not allowed to be attracted to women because his mother mm-hmm. lives in his head. Yeah, and that's like creepy. if if um, he finds a woman attractive, mother's going to take over, and she's his dead. psyche. And she's and, dead. That's why he. Also, that's why she kills. The you know, woman. at the end when they're when they're talking in the second, the the end scene is. Most critics and Hitchcock himself is like, I would have cut the psychiatrist scene down, mm-hmm. because that scene is very long winded and just mm-hmm. kind of unnecessary. All they needed to do was just say a little bit, but you know, yeah. talking about how, you know, he he's super dangerous because he can't have a normal relationship with woman women right that's scary it's scary because you don't know who you're dealing with you don't know and you could be in this psycho guy's house and he can't feel normal things because you know he so i know i I could have an entire podcast on this one again i know we could shelly we're already at the two hour mark i'm sorry i'm sorry I keep going. Don't say sorry. Don't say sorry. What Um, was your favorite scene in Psycho? (laughs) My favorite scene in Psycho would be the basement scene at the end. I just, you can't, you can't get more suspenseful than that. I love that Mm -hmm. one. I love Mm -hmm. it. So I, but I love just how the the way that the shower scene was filmed and how in like genius filmmaking is in that scene. I mean, first of all, you can tell she's naked, but they don't show her body at all. One so that must have been tricky. That wasn't Janet Lee. That was actually oh, okay. Let me talk about this for a moment. And I'm sorry, okay. it's the last thing. They hired a female stripper for that scene. <laughs> wow. And she, she was, she went through rigorous, like, auditions. She had to strip mm-hmm. naked in front of Hitchcock himself. Ugh. She had to strip naked in front of Janet Lee oh, and be observed and, and criticized and be like, okay, yes, this works. Wow. Wow. That was, so that wasn't her. Okay. They had to go, yeah. Well, the way that they filmed her, the body and just not showing anything, but you can tell that she's naked and then. Just how brilliant filmmaking that was, the whole scene. I like and then the close up on her eye, I just love that. Oh, I and that's what I think scene. makes Hitchcock Hitchcock. You don't have to mm-hmm. show it. 
You just have to have it in your head Mm -hmm. and that's going to take it the rest of the way for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shelly, what was I going to ask you? What was, did I ask you what your favorite scene in Scream was? No. Did we ask? No. I think my favorite scene and for different reasons, for a lot of reasons, was the scene at the house party in the end when she is, Sydney's there and she's finding out that Billy Loomis and Stu are the killers and mm-hmm. they start stabbing each other. Oh, and yeah. she's like, yeah. these people are freaking crazy. Yeah. My dad's here tied up. And then mm-hmm. Stu just, Stu, make, I laugh so hard to cry with mm-hmm. Stu in this scene because he He's cracks so me up. He's like, oh, my parents are going to be so mad at me. Mad it's at like, me. So mad. they're not going to be yeah. mad at you because you got blood <laughs> everywhere, bro. They're going to be mad at you because you're a psycho killer. Yes. But it's hilarious. It's mm-hmm. hilarious because they are thinking they're not going to have any consequences. They're going to get right. away with this. Mm-hmm. And she's just watching them like, y'all are effing out of your minds i cannot believe it um and then you know she um courtney cox um gail gail thank gail. you gail comes gail in but yep. that scene is my favorite because yeah, you're just hilarious. seeing the it's hilarious it's scary because mm-hmm. billy loomis that's when he goes from charming to crazy and yes. you, you're scared of him at that moment because he really does not care he mm-hmm. does not care. And that's scary to me. Yes. When you have Terrifying. someone that just does not care okay. and they mm-hmm. have a reason, some kind of, like we talked about mm-hmm. in Science of the Lambs, when they have some yeah. kind of psycho rationale, mm-hmm. that's creepy. Terrifying. <sighs> okay, Shelly, another question. Last question. Last okay. question about psycho. Okay. How How do you think this ages? I think it ages well in different ways i think it ages Mm -hmm. it it doesn't age well in societal ways i think Mm -hmm. it ages well for horror movies i -hmm. think it showcases a lot of things that have changed in our society that have needed Mm -hmm. to change but i also think it showcases things that haven't changed that need to change Mm -hmm. but i also think it's just it's a classic in that you can have a story like this that's pretty simple if you think about the plot Mm -hmm. you've got somebody that she wants to get married. She steals money, you know, and then typically in a more, in a story, you're like, oh, well, the bad guy gets theirs. Okay. No, they're really sympathetic in this. And mm-hmm. so, like I said, you wouldn't have these, these movies today without this movie. He really gave, like, he opened the door to horror mm-hmm. to become what it is today. So yeah, I feel like did. in that aspect, it ages well. And others, No. No. Yeah. Obviously, the word transvestite is used. Mm-hmm. Was it a clinical term at the time? Yes. Yes. Was he a transvestite? No, mm-hmm. he was not. Mm-hmm. There are some things that obviously, absolutely do not age well. Mm-hmm. But that's because this movie was made in 1960. 1960. Um, yeah. As far as the the um, impact, absolutely. Hitchcock had a huge impact on filmmakers and. Mm-hmm. It's just, we could probably have a whole podcast about his influence on the filmmakers that we love and appreciate now. Absolutely. They would reference him as inspiration for their filmmaking. Absolutely. And he, he was an odd man, but really Mm -hmm. just going to the fact of, I don't like him as a person. I don't agree with Mm -hmm. his personal choices, but as a director, 
was a genius. Genius. Lengthy, you wouldn't have lengthy career. Lengthy career. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have Sixth Sense. You wouldn't have Scream. You wouldn't have so many movies without this no, movie. You wouldn't. And he had to be the one to be like, okay, I will take, you know what? I'm not going to have salary for this. I'll just take a part of the film's earnings. And just kind of being it's like, ah, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Very cool. All right, yeah. Shelly. Any, anything else on Psycho? No, because if I did, we'd be here for a long time. <laughs> All right. I feel it's, like this is, this is our it. longest. Uh, uh, yeah, one thing need I to do watch need to it. say, it, it, okay. the, the, the 1998 remake with Vince Vaughn, I, I love Vince Vaughn. Anne Heche mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. Gus Van Zandt directed. He was in color. It did not mm-hmm. do well. No. Don't watch it. Just watch this one. <laughs> just watch this one. Yeah, just watch it. I will shout out Base Motel. It was a TV show oh that I enjoyed, but mm-hmm. I don't know if Shelly enjoyed it as much I as I did. I liked it. I liked yeah. it. But, you know, I'm such a huge Psycho fan. Yeah. I was it's hard to. Like, mm. But I really did yeah. like the show. The show added and, and offered a lot of background to the yes. character of Norman. Yeah. And you, if you watch that, the, the actors in that are amazing. Mm-hmm. You've got Freddie Hightower who plays. Oh, Hi- Freddie Hightower or Hi- Highmore? Highmore. Yep. Sorry. Highmore. Freddie Highmore who plays Norman. He's great. Yeah. Vera Flaminga. Flaminga is the That's perfect Norma perfect norma bates yeah it's a prequel so it's mm-hmm. you know it's the events take place mm-hmm. before psycho the movie so mm-hmm. if you wanted like it's how norman and norma got to like uh-huh. that point and it's a modern retelling so it's like mm-hmm. in modern times but it is still yeah. they they have the the 60s style and it is so it's very well made the very set well looks made. like the house and the the hotel and the set is pretty accurate to what it looked that, like that, in, that, in the movie that that set is still on the the lot at the yeah. studio. They yeah. still have that house, mm-hmm. which is just creepy. So when Bates Motel was on, we watched Bates Motel and then we watched Psycho, and it was kind of fun to get into that mm-hmm. into that world. Like I, you know, I don't dislike the show at all. I think the show was very well done. And if you yeah. if you watch Psycho and are like, what the hell? Watch <laughs> Bates Motel Bates and Motel. it will kind of offer some backstory. Mm-hmm. I also want to say last thing. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. There are sequels to Psycho and, and um, yes. Anthony Perkins was in the sequels. He was, uh, Vera Miles was in the second one and so was John McGavin mm-hmm. um, or John Gavin and they were in that second one but um, my friend Sammy and I, <laughs> we watched the sequels and they're very campy. They're made in the 80s but they're still mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So definitely watch those. Yeah. Yes. All right, Shelly. So I have to mention this, that we did our first, th- what we were going to mm-hmm. do to start off this podcast was our first four movies, you know, like a month Absolutely. of movies that made us. So this wraps that up. It so does next it week, that theme up. It does wrap that theme up, but we're going to continue it into next week because we're going mm-hmm. to, me and Shelly are just going to talk about Titanic. We're going to do a special for y'all. We're going to do a Titanic episode of Titanic because if we're talking about movies that made us, we got to talk about Titanic. We we couldn't just one of us pick that one. We have to do a no. whole episode on Titanic. Yeah. It's so impactful for our movie history and just yes. development. Love of cinema, like. love of movies, love of epics, love of Leo and Kate. God. Um, what a duo, so, by the way. What a and duo. They're yeah. BFFs in real life. And I love that. I, I love know. that. I love yeah. Kate. 
God, Kate, I love Kate just... so much. We're gonna oh, do a Kate episode. We're gonna yeah. do a Kate episode because she, mm-hmm. her career is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Ugh, she's so good, <laughs> so good. But um, yeah, we're definitely doing Titanic next week because it, okay. like Titanic, don't like Titanic. Whatever, whatever opinion you have, listen in because and watch the movie. It, watch the movie. It's oh, it's long. It it's a it's long, long movie. It's two and a half hours. We saw this movie about a thousand times. It, it, the, the Hollywood theaters got so much money from us <laughs> off this did. movie because yes, we did. were there all the time, all the time to watch it. I mean, I all think our time. parents just l- dropped us off on Saturdays and we're like, "Call us when you're ready." We just <laughs> yes, watch it over and over. Yep. And we would go into other movies, and when that movie ended, we'd just sneak into Titanic. We'd sneak no into Titanic because yeah. Titanic was still going at some point. You, you could go see a two-hour movie, and Titanic would still be going, so you'd go watch the end of it. Just go watch it, whatever point it was. We just people would be like, "I'm going to go outside, wait for my mom." Like, we're going to go watch Titanic. See ya. Watch Titanic, and then I'll call my mom. And there what we talk about filmmaking, James Cameron with Titanic. Yes, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. That is all. Okay, I guess we. I guess we better go, shall we? We better go. And I I'm guess. sorry, I made this so long. I just God, okay, this movie, better. y'all, watch it, research it. I have mm-hmm. eleven pages of notes, but it, just <laughs> watch the movie. <laughs> I know. But it's no, you're not. It's good. Class. These both of these movies. Watch Psycho first, then watch Scream, and you will get Psycho yep. more. And you, you will. will get Scream more. You'll get Scream more by doing. You'll get that. Scream. You'll get the references. You'll get a couple of references. Watch Halloween. Watch Watch Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. Friday the Thirteenth, and then watch yep. Scream, and you're gonna be like, oh my god, this movie's genius. Yep. They're genius. If you don't like blood and guts, uh, it's okay. It's it, there's a you lot of blood and guts, but it's like. It's not like it's not like Game of Thrones blood and guts. It's no. like slasher movie blood and guts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yep. not. It's gory, but it's not. It, kind of in a campy way. It's very campy. Yeah. It's yeah. very campy. Mm-hmm. So good. Lots of jump scares. Yep. Worth it. Yep. All right, Shelly. All right, we'll wrap this up. But we we really hope you join us next week. It's going to be a good one, and I appreciate you listening. And um, you know, go. Go to our website, whatshewatchingpod.com. Follow us mm-hmm. at whatshewatchingpod on Instagram. We post mm-hmm. frequently. And please, you know, like, subscribe, follow us. We would mm-hmm. we would love that. Um, yes. Any feedback would. Would, be, would be great. We, we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Okay. All right, guys. All right, Shelly. All right. We'll okay. see you next week. Okay. See you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>